This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! that, we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, I recently had an extra ticket to a touring production of the musical Rent, and I decided to invite a friend. We'll call her Lisa. Lisa had told me she loved musicals, so I thought she would be a fun person to share the experience with. I was a bit taken aback when the show started, and Lisa proceeded to sing audibly along with the performers. She did this for nearly every song. There were some sweet ladies next to us who commented, you must know this show very well. I think they said this as a hint, that they could hear her and wanted her to stop singing. She didn't take the hint, though, and I really didn't know what to do. Lisa is typically very sweet, so I was surprised she wasn't more considerate of her fellow theater goers. I didn't have the heart to ask her to stop, and given her love of musicals, I have a feeling this isn't the first time she's turned a performance into a sing-along. I know there are some instances when singing with a performance is appropriate, but this didn't feel like one of those times. When is it appropriate to sing along during a musical performance, and what should I have done in this situation? I think that easy, when is it appropriate to sing along during a musical performance? When the performers go, everybody sing with us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think when they tell you, you can, then okay. And then otherwise it's uh no. No. Yeah. I mean, musicals are not sing-alongs. It's not karaoke. People pay good money to see professional singers sing. And so unless you're as good or better than the people on stage... I think we just leave it to the professionals. We just leave it to the professionals. Obviously, the one that we don't do that to is a Rocky Horror Picture Show, but it's not live. It's a movie. Uh-huh. And everybody going there knows people are going to sing. That's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. Right. Yeah. And so what do we do about friends that like to sing along then? Like, what could our letter writer have done? I don't know. All I wrote is, I think don't invite her next time. I don't know how to... Like, especially since the ladies next to her were like, oh, you really know this show. And she didn't get it. Yeah. Although that's a little coy. I mean, I think you could just be much more direct, which is like, oh, I can hear you singing. I was thinking you could say, oh, I haven't been to this show before. So I haven't heard these songs. Like I can hear I can hear you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't this is new to me. <laughs> stop. Stop ruining it. 
<laughs> okay. All right. So uh, we'll put that on the whiteboard. Not sure if that nails it. Uh, it's like a spoiler. You know what I mean? You're sort of giving me a spoiler. A couple beats behind. Yeah. And a couple it, notes uh, lower. Okay. But I didn't know. So I'm glad that you have a nice direct way to say it because I really, this made me squirm. I have friends that do this in other theater situations. And I like what? Like uh, going to the movies. Oh. Obviously, talking is one thing, but I some loud responses I don't mind at all. I have, you know what I mean. That's fun part of going to the movies. But I have friends who like get real dramatic in movie theaters, and I'll be like, okay, we just can't go to the movies together because I'm not going to police your behavior. I mean, I think the issue is a lot of us uh, know all the songs, and this is particularly hazardous with very popular musicals like Rent or musicals that are like based on popular artists. So like the Tina Turner musical or Cher or Mamma Mia. We're like, we all know the songs. And so it's very tempting to want to sing along. So I get that. But yeah, I think you just need to keep your mouth shut. And so if somebody doesn't, I think you just are polite yet direct. Oh, I can hear you. Um, Please, please don't. (laughs) I can hear you if you could zip it. That would be, or you could be like, hey, do you mind just mouthing? Because, and then pointing at your ear. I don't know how to get over this. Yeah, telling people to stop. Yeah, it does It does feel awkward and rude to be like, oh, I can hear you. Stop doing it. Yeah. Even though they're the ones being rude, but then all of a sudden you you have to be the person to be like, hey, do you notice that what you're doing is audible by everybody in the theater who paid money to hear not you singing? And also performers on stage can also hear you. <laughs> Like they're there. It's a live performance. It's a live performance. And if you're loud enough, like they're totally going to hear you. Then they're going to go backstage and be like, did you see that lady in 3D? Hear her singing? Yeah. So performers, they're they're aware of all this. That's what's the one great thing about stand-up comedy is that you can be like, hey, can you stop? Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're Patty Lapone, you probably can also do that. Patty Lapone. But yeah, I mean, I think we haven't quite nailed the language, but I think the sentiment, which is just a plight at direct, like, oh, please don't. I don't think you realize what's happening. That would be the way to go with this. <laughs> yeah, it seems so awkward. Because I think this is not malicious. No, it's, it's not, not malicious. malicious. They're just having a good time. And they don't realize that they're doing it. And they don't realize other people can hear it. They're just in the moment. And that is the beauty of musical theater. You are transported to another place. I love it. But- you're transporting to another place is affecting the happiness of other people, which is why it's rude. Ugh. Ugh, I know. So I straight up have been with friends who are super loud and I've just, I've basically been like, I can't go back out with them because I know they're just having a good time and I don't, I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, if they don't get the more subtle hints or even like the polite yet direct, like, oh, I can hear you. Uh, then yeah, I think we just never go out in public with them again. Yeah, because I, I, uh, you know, th- that's how you have fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's just their way of having fun. Their way of having fun makes my way of having fun very uncomfortable because I worry about everybody else around me, so I can't go out with them again. Yeah, I mean that is that is a solution. But I mean, then you have to sit through the whole performance that way. I just there is intermission, so I think maybe that would be the opportunity to have the polite yet direct conversation about what is happening. And that it's probably a little easier when you actually can have the conversation rather than something in the middle of the performance. Because I can see when you're trying to say something during the performance, like now you're being disruptive and you don't want to do that. Yeah. So I, I can see how that also adds to the discomfort. But yeah, maybe if you can't get a quick glance that shuts it down during the performance, then intermission, that could be your opportunity. I think you could also just reach over to them and put your hand directly onto their mouth and just sort of mm. hold it shut. Okay. <laughs> So our next question is, quote, my mother, who lives in another town, calls almost every day, sometimes multiple times a day, just to chat. 
When I'm able to pick up, I do. But she only talks about the weather and gets off the phone very quickly after calling, and sometimes even hangs up abruptly. I suggested that we set aside a time once a week, maybe on a Saturday or Sunday, when I have more time to spend catching up. But she doesn't seem to understand this because she still calls almost every day and gets hurt feelings if I don't respond or text back quickly. The worst part is that she has now started to call and text my 12-year-old daughter to check in on us. I love my mom, and I can, and I desire to talk once a week with her, but she doesn't seem to desire this type of communication. Am I being unreasonable? Is there a middle ground? I had two thoughts. Okay. I thought the first action, Mm -hmm. I don't know how serious the conversation our letter writer had with our mom was about, let's set up a time once a week. Right. But I think you should have a conversation that revisits that and say... I would really like to have this kind of a schedule. So I'm a good listener. I'm available, you know, but you keep calling every day, even though we had this conversation. Is there a reason I would want to ask your mom what the reason is that she wants to touch base every day? Is she very, is there something happening? Mm. So then you can address what that is. Like, is she anxious? Is it, what is the thing? Why is it? So my take on this was that she just wants to check in. She doesn't want a deep conversation. She doesn't want to go deep. She doesn't want to have anything, you know, more than just a minute or two just sort of check in. And so I think if that's all she wants, then I think we could maybe try and give it to her, knowing that you can also be sort of distracted while you're talking to her. You know, call her back when you're in the middle of something, folding laundry in the car, loading the dishwasher. Like, she doesn't sound like she needs your full attention undivided. So maybe just go with the quick 90 second, two minute chat and hang up on her abruptly. Mom, got to go. Nice talking to you. Talk to you tomorrow. Maybe that's fine. And then along that line, I think that also if she is just wants to check in and then you're unavailable to check in back with her and her feelings are hurt, I think you can let that sit with her. You're trying your best. You've told her, I'm going to have this long conversation with her. I'm trying to keep up. But then if you you've told her you can't, If her feelings are hurt because you don't get back to her in the next 10 minutes, just let it be that. Don't try to fix it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the question is, is there something wrong here? Like, is there something that needs to be fixed? And maybe, maybe not. That's why I think you could have that conversation. And if she's just touching base, then touch base when you're available because that's all she's doing. Right. Yeah. I think that is probably your best path is to revisit this conversation and maybe be slightly more direct about your scheduling needs and when you're actually available to have conversations. And see if she just needs you to like text her once a day, be like, hey, hope you're having a great day. Just to like, you know, let people know you're out about in the world. Maybe there's just some reason your mom really needs that and that's all it is. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's it. Yeah, she just needs just like an animated GIF via text once in a while and that's good. And I think that if it's making your daughter anxious... You could say that to your mom. Right. Yeah. Like no need to loop her in to check in on us. Yeah. She's 12 years old. It's let's not give her a job of checking in with people all the time on her phone. Or alternatively, if it's not making your daughter anxious, then just have her deal with it. (laughs) Let her talk to grandma. All right. You're in charge of uh, catching up with her. Well, I just assumed it was making her anxious because she said the worst part is she now has started to call and text my 12 year old daughter. So I assume the worst part was, was because the daughter was upset about it. So that was my reading of the question. I could have been totally wrong about that. Right. I mean, the bigger issue is a 12 year old is not interested in getting calls or texts. Like they just want to be TikToked. They want to be TikToked. <laughs> I love it as a verb. Can you TikTok me, Grams? Right. Yeah. She's like, slide in my DMs. Don't call me. 
Who calls me? Nana, find me on the socials. Right? So I assume that's the 12-year-old's problem. It's it's not actually that grandma's reaching out. It's just like, who actually dials me? Like, what's weird? Well, or, I mean, or it could genuinely make her anxious because you're like, what, why is grandma nervous about me checking in every day? Right, right. That's, could, that's I can see it could make a person feel unsafe in some way. Yes. No, I, I can definitely see. Yeah. There, there's, I think, a lot of ambiguity here. And I think yes. we just need to tighten that up. Yeah. That's why I think there needs to be this other conversation. Re, a revisit in a more, let's really talk about this. Yeah. Because I can also imagine from mom's perspective that she's not happy with how things are either. So I, I imagine she would appreciate some more clarity. I feel like so many of our questions go back to like, let's all just talk about what what everybody wants and figure it out from there. Oh my goodness. You cracked the code, Leah. <laughs> oh, just having polite conversations with people actually solves problems. So weird. I did it this week. I had a weird thing and old me, previous to Were You Raised by Wolves, Leah Bonima would have just sort of let it lie and then obsessed about it. And I just turned my little butt around and I went back to the person. And I was like, oh, I feel like this, the person being somebody I know. And I was like, oh, this weird thing. Let's just clear this up real quick. And oh, done. Over. Literally over. Totally fixed. Yeah. And I mean, how much uh, mental bandwidth did that save? I mean, I would still be thinking about it now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we're trying to achieve here is like letting people know that like just nipping things in the bud and having play at drug conversations is usually like the best path forward. I think in a lot of ways there could just be a way to make everybody happy. Yes. Or at least get on the same page so that we all have an understanding. Actually, let me go back on that because sometimes you can't make everybody happy. But I do think that if we've talked to our mom about it and we've said, I can't always get back to you, you know, I'm working but you've talked about it, then you don't have to feel bad if you don't get back right away. And she's like, it hurt my feelings. Because then you could be like, well, we talked about it. Right. Yes. I think setting a boundary about when you're available and not available to talk, I think totally healthy, worthwhile, should be done. And then, yeah, if she is upset about this boundary, uh, I mean, what are you supposed to do about it? Right. You set the boundary and that's what it is. So you just got to maintain that boundary. And you're still getting in touch with her a lot. It's not like you're. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we can get to some compromise here. I really believe there's a nice compromise in here. I feel it. I feel it. All right. So letter writer, do that. Let us know how it goes. Report back. Please. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already we started at 10. And then yeah. we keep going up. But I will say, the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it I, it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm so in. glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. 
Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going <laughs> to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. So our next question is, quote, I've been wondering, once one elevates themselves to the level of having custom stationery, should you use it instead of standard birthday or holiday or congratulations cards purchased at the store? Or is stationery only meant for thank yous and other daily written correspondence? Is there a rule? This is Leah pointing at me. <laughs> I'm pointing at Nick. And not only am I pointing, I'm... Very aggressively what is pointing. The, I, it's not really a very aggressive. It was more like a... A dance move, like, this is you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take this with Leah. Uh, don't worry. I got, I got it. <laughs> so, yeah, you never have to go to CVS ever again. If you have personalized stationery, like, that's your stationery. You can use it for everything. Now, there are times when you might want something a little more festive, though. Like, if you're sending a holiday note to somebody and your personalized stationery is, like, yellow, like, that's not going to feel super festive for the holiday season. So you need now different customized stationery. And so you build what we call a stationery wardrobe. Uh, all sorts of different options for different occasions. But yes, if you get personalized stationery, that's your stationery. And it's cheaper in the long run. Because like, have you priced out cards at CVS? Like, very expensive. They're like $5.99. I mean, outrageous. Whereas my hand-engraved personalized stationery, like way cheaper than that. Instead of a hundred, you'll use them. And so I definitely just recommend for the value, the economic advantage of personalized stationery. It's overwhelming. When you said uh, stationary wardrobe, I immediately visualized like a little mini, <laughs> a baby wardrobe yes, where armoire. I open the door and there's like sure. little, little drawers and some shelves. Yes. Oh, no. I mean, you definitely can have like a, a box for all of your stationery. <laughs> yes. But yes, um, I definitely recommend uh, personalized stationery. That's nothing new. If you want to buy holiday cards, like have at it. I mean, what I do is I personalize a holiday card every year where I design something new and have it printed. And so that's what I do for my holiday cards. You can do that if you'd like. Advanced level. I mean, yeah, no, I guess it is. But it's achievable. <laughs> it's achievable. You know, just have to have a good sense of graphic design or not. You can buy designs. Well, you also have to be organized enough to think about that in advance and get the ball rolling. Well, I have a calendar alert every September 15th, which is start thinking about holiday cards. And so I know that once Labor Day rolls around, it's time to psychologically think about the rest of the, the year that that's when I plan my holiday cards. That's also when you start watching Christmas movies. So that's also when you're thinking about this. Well, I actually put alerts on like if like if we were talking and you said something that you liked, I put an alert in my phone. Yeah. In September, it'd be like, remember, they said they like this. Yeah. I mean, I do note that I am still not using a Toto NX1 toilet. I was hoping, so I was hoping you, you would forget that. You <laughs> have not exactly been conferring with your list and purchasing anything from it. Um, you are writing things down, but to what end? I don't know. No, 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 no. I, well, I don't think people need to know what I 
wrote down and then what you got. But that was an advanced plan. Okay. All right. Yeah. It just wasn't a toilet. It just wasn't the toilet. <laughs> right. So life is full of disappointment. So our next question is, quote, when a bottle of champagne or wine and an ice bucket are brought to the table at a restaurant, should I place the empty bottle back in the ice bucket upside down? This assumes that I've poured the last glass, not the waiter. Some say that this is an indicator to the waiter that I want another bottle. Some say this signals that the waiter does not have to come by to refill glasses. What say you? What say you? I mean, this definitely sends a signal, putting a bottle of wine upside down in a bucket. But the message it's sending is uh, more about you. (laughs) And it's not favorable. Yeah, no, don't do this. This is not a thing. Yeah, don't do this. Well, that was easy. I mean, I have seen this happen. And it's rude. Because there's no need for it. Like, I don't flip over my plate when I'm done with it, right? (laughs) Take it away, I'm done. Flipped it over. (laughs) Like, why would you put the bottle in the wine bucket upside down? Because, like, if you want more wine, well, then you can ask for more wine (laughs) when the server comes. And if you don't want more wine, well, then that's also fine. You, You don't have to order more wine. Like, there's no signal that says, please automatically bring me more wine. I don't know, but I want to start flipping my, my plate over. That's That would be... <laughs> I mean, I think we should flip everything over when we're done. Our chairs. Flip over our glass. Yeah. Salad bowls. Finished. Done. Come get it. <laughs> I, I do worry, though, that people are thinking that this is something. Like, it does concern me for society that there is this rumor going around. I mean, I've definitely seen it. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's not done. So don't do it. <laughs> I would like that to be a pillow. That That's the pillow I want next. <laughs> it's not done, so don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> so our next question is, quote, whenever we go to my in-law's house and I need to use the bathroom, I can't help but cringe at how dirty it is. There is never a bottle filled with soap, and if so, it's empty. And there's no clean towel to dry one's hands. My parents come over for the holidays to their place, and they've also made comments about the state of the bathrooms to me. It is quite uncomfortable to use, knowing that there is no proper way to wash your hands. My mother went as far as putting hand soaps into the white elephant exchange in hopes that they would receive the soap. They didn't get them, unfortunately. Is there a polite way for me and my husband to bring this up with my in-laws? Or do I defer to hand sanitizing there for the rest of time? I always defer to the child whose parents it is. Yeah, that is your go-to. And that's a good one. I mean, I think that's that's solid advice. And I feel like the husband in this circumstance could be at his parents' house and just subtly go in and clean the bathroom if that was something he was comfortable with. Oh, you think having the husband clean the parents' bathroom on his own volition is cool? Well, no, he would have to decide whether or not that was cool in his family. Oh, I see. Right. But it's up to him to make that call. Yeah, it's him to make up to him to make the call. Well, I think we're wanting to have a conversation with them. That's that's the question. Is there a way to have a conversation with the in-laws about the cleanliness of their bathroom? But I mean, it's possible that they are. I don't know how old the in-laws are. Mm. And it is possible sometimes when people get older and their eyesight isn't as good. Sure. This is like a real thing I've experienced that they don't notice that things are not fully clean. Right. Yeah. I mean, also, is it just limited to the bathroom or is the whole house this way? Like, I mean, how far is this conversation going? And I think we wouldn't want to embarrass them. Yeah. I mean, I think if the issue is that there's no soap and it's hard to wash your hands, like if that's really like the key thing, at least the way it's presented in this question, well then just go to the kitchen after you use the restroom. There's probably dish soap there. 
and there's probably paper towels. And so just wash your hands in the kitchen. Or I do think it has to be the child of the whosoever parents it is. And I just say that because in my life, if my partner spoke to my parents about something that I didn't want him to, I would be upset. Yeah, that does feel like a, a boundary being crossed. So that's why I always defer to that. So maybe another option is that he could slip a little hand soap pump and a roll of paper towels under the sink if that was the issue. Oh, okay, so some supplies under the vanity for use by guests. But it, it isn't just that that's washing hands. It's I can't help but cringe at how dirty it is. So then I guess if you did want to have a conversation, if the child of these people has decided, yes, we will have a conversation, then I think that conversation needs to be done with kindness because I think it's potentially embarrassing or can feel judgmental. And so I think you want to do with kindness. And then I think you just have to be very polite yet direct about sort of what your concerns are and why they're your concerns and sort of what your solutions are. And I think maybe that's probably the conversation. I just thought of another option. I'm not sure if this is a great option, but I'm just going to throw it out. Okay. I do think that cleaning sometimes is overwhelming for people. Yeah, that's true. And... Obviously, this would be something to discuss. And But if you're coming over and your parents are coming over, so everybody clearly is going to their house for the holidays. Right. Maybe a gift, a way to do it would be like, we always appreciate you hosting. We want to uh, help. So we're going to treat you. Like if somebody was coming over to my house and they wanted to treat me to a cleaning service so I mm. didn't have to do it, I'd be like, Thank you so much. Okay, I like that. I think there's probably a way to make that work. Yeah. Because I think it is actually a very nice gift. Oh, if somebody wants to buy me cleaning services, I will absolutely take that. I would sure. absolutely take yes. that. And I wouldn't take it in any kind of a way. And it wouldn't be specific to my bathroom. They're just going to happen to clean that up while they're in there. You know what I mean? Oh, I would be delighted to subcontract all aspects of my life. Yes, I, I don't want to do anything for myself. So if you want to buy me services that take care of Everything? Oh, I'm delighted. Yes, please do that. <laughs> so I think that that's, that might be a good option. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. No, I think you're onto something with that. That could be a kind way to maybe introduce the topic. Because yeah, the idea of like, oh, let's hope they get the soap we put into the white elephant. Like that's too subtle. That's not going to move the needle here. And also then it's it's more a gesture of appreciating that they're hosting. Right. And everybody's coming over there. And you want to be a part of helping out. So you're just, it's not saying your bathroom's nasty. Right. Yeah. That's what we want to avoid at the end of the day. So I do think it will, it could embarrass them. Okay. I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm kind of happy that that popped into my head. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a great 11th hour suggestion. Yeah. Where was that at the beginning of this question? It just hit me right now. Well, I mean, what's interesting about all these questions is that sometimes when you talk through them, you do actually arrive at new ideas and new epiphanies. And so it is kind of good to try and workshop things and, and sort of talk about like all the different variations and options and then actually maybe land on something that's viable. Which I think if we have new listeners listening, we've talked about this before, but Nick and I don't discuss the questions before we tape. Oh, yes, this is true. Yeah, we do not confer. So we often uh, discover new things. <laughs> In our conversations. Which I think is a really fun part of the podcast. Yeah, no, definitely the lack of preparation. It's great. <laughs> it's not a lack of preparation <laughs> at all. We're doing the questions in advance. We just don't, we come to conclusions together. Yes, yes, yes. Basically, we never discuss anything in advance. Uh, and then you hear it live uh, on the show. Which is fun. I wouldn't want to say lack of preparation because you're the most prepared person I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, no, I mean, well, my lack of preparation is most people's preparation. So <laughs> I can do that. So, 
Do you have questions for us that we can prepare for or not? Who can say? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, wereyourraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or or like in in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.